Good evening and welcome along to the Three Amigos FBL podcast. I'm the Marple Curse and I'm joined today by my amigo Mars, who you can find on Twitter at Mars05. Our amiga Kylie will be on shortly. She's just putting a bottle of red to bed and waltzing Matilda. Make sure you're following our group account at Three Amigos FPL where you will have weekly FPL shows as well as more of these getting to know you shows. In these Getting to Know You podcasts, we interview FPL managers from all over the world as it's our mission to let our listeners get to know the people behind the FPL accounts we interact with each week. To do that, we've come up with 20 questions which will reveal exactly who they are. With the Amigos now, we have Tom, you should all know and love, from their Twitter account, at who got the assist, that's WGTA underscore FPL. Tom, you're very welcome to the Three Amigos show. Are you ready to bear your soul to the FPL community? No, I'm ready to bear something done. I don't know about my soul. Ready to bear my uh, my FPL self uh, to all. But um, as Mars eloquently put it on the uh, on the tweet promoting me, I'm, I'm already a bit of uh, already guilty of putting myself out there, regardless, aren't I? And just kind of warting all all of my kind of indecision, everything. So I'm guessing that a lot of people the, would already know drama, where I'm going to talk The drama about. queen half. The drama yeah. queen half of the WGTA. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And Nick's a lot more of a direct and straightforward individual than I am. Uh, so he'll be like, oh, don't mess around, Tom. Just go for this. Whereas I'll be like, oh, should I do this, that? You know, should I get Gazal? Should I be looking at Zazanik? Just just, just get the obvious one, Tom. So, yeah. Um, and, to be honest, <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, Tom, in FBL, a lot of the time, the obvious one is the way to go. I found that being being majorly adventurous doesn't really work out too well when you're uh, when you're playing FBL a season-long game. You have to be a little bit more um, conservative and maybe not overthinking things too much. But um, it's great to have you on the show anyway. Um, the first question of our 20 is describe yourself for us in three words. Um, interesting one. I, I've, I've kind of gone for the got gone for always in flux, really, uh, just because like, I think I'm, I'm always kind of different people, like a different person in different walks of life. And like adding FPL on has definitely kind of meant that I kind of wear almost three hats these days. It's like kind of the Tom that my friends know and obviously my, my girlfriend knows, like the person I am at work and then the person I am on Twitter. And it, it's kind of like I've got this kind of tri- a triology of different kind of people and different functions that I fulfill nowadays. Like with um, with Twitter, like that's really exploded. And I've now, you know, the amount of interactions, and it, it's really lovely to see. And I, I absolutely love, like at the core like interacting with people and helping them with their FPL teams but like that's kind of a real part of like me and my output now if that makes sense alongside obviously like being myself at work and you know being boyfriend son friends best friend etc etc and so yeah sometimes it's kind of interesting to kind of think oh well you know there's Tom who got the assist there's Tom at home and there's Tom at work and yeah so always in flux and always kind of uh, flitting between the three individuals I seem to be kind of inhabiting and kind of somewhere in the middle is probably who I actually am but uh but yeah that's kind of how I describe myself in three words at the moment yeah it's it's weird it's weird because I don't think my wife knows Mars FBL Mars or Twitter Mars she has no interest in football. 
she introduced me to Twitter and regrets it. She keeps saying that. So when she asked me about Instagram, I said, do you really want to go down that route? Like, you know, you already regret Twitter. So, Tom, tell us more about the boyfriend, Tom, and the work, Tom. So where where, where do you – like the accent, I can't, I can't pinpoint it. So I know you work in London, but do you live in London and what do you do? Yeah, um, I live in East London. I live in uh, Poplar by Canary Wharf. Um, I'm from Essex originally. Um, me and Nick both went to the same secondary school uh, together and I went to university in Bristol. Um, I've got an undergrad in English and I've got a master's in Chinese economics. And I work for a, finance, a fintech platform in Consumer Insight, which is I'm, I'm basically a trained uh, qualitative interviewer. So I interview people, do focus groups, uh, online ethnographies, et cetera, et cetera. And my kind of uh, my kind of role is behavioral analysis and understanding why people do things and, you know, behaviors and how we potentially change them or potentially kind of influence people to to, to do things or and not do things to help them, you know, with our platform's aims. Um, uh, that, that's currently that's kind of my job uh, at home. I'm kind of um, I'm kind of I'm kind of the same. Like, I tend to be quite like. I'm the friend who everyone kind of spoke to when we were growing up about kind of their teenage angst. I was like the the agony aunt sort of person, and um, I, I guess I'm kind of like oh, that's, I, me, I always... that's me on the amigos, Tom. That's <laughs> yeah. Always hearing about Mars problems. <laughs> yeah, all the time. yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I often enjoy hearing those, and uh, yeah, I kind of I, um, I know I I enjoy quite a few things. Like um, I'm the cook in the household, so I cook all the time. Uh, my girlfriend's vegan as well, so I do uh, I cook vegan most of the time actually. Um, uh, I play a lot of computer games as well, so I play Hearthstone. Um, I used to play World of Warcraft way back when. Um, was really really into that, so I'm kind of glad I don't do that now. Didn't replace with FPL. It dips for personality much. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, other kind of things like you know, first per- first person games. I'm pretty good at Call of Duty as well. Um, going into one of the questions later, and um, pretty uh, okay at FIFA. And I play a lot of kind of um uh, role playing games. Not as many, not as many, not as many as I used to. Uh, but you know things like um, like Skyrim or currently I'm playing God of War for example. I'm really looking forward to Red Dead Redemption too. I can talk about that um, a lot <laughs> too. But, um, but yeah, uh, that, that's kind of me, I guess, in a nutshell. Oh, great stuff. I mean, that's br- that's brilliant. It's great to um, hear about all the. I know the computer games. I used to be big into computer games, but um, when you have kids, unfortunately, that was nearly the death knell for uh, for my video gaming uh, career. But um, the uh, no, it's it's mad. It's as you mentioned there, behavioral analysis and actually trying to figure out why people do things. You'll um, you must have a field day with um, with being into the FBL community because uh, obviously half the time it's why are people hitting that wildcard button? Why are people taking hits? Why are people risk takers versus conservative managers and so on? There is so much psychology in that in um, in FBL. But um, that's great to hear that, Tom. Um, tell us about when do you first get into FBL and football in general? You mentioned you're from Essex originally, but um, is that where your where your football fan heart comes from? And when did you first start getting into the fantasy game? Uh, I got into football through one man, Dennis Burkamp. So I was born in Holland. And my father works for an oil company. Um, so I was born as an expat child, and I grew up in uh, in the first kind of few years of my life I spent in Holland. And I came back to the UK, I think, when I was uh, uh, fairly young. Um, but I remember um, uh, quite a few things. Uh, Dennis Burkamp, 1998 World Cup against Argentina, and I remember feeling like a like a like a swell in my chest almost. I was nine at the time. I didn't really didn't watch too much football, but that that goal, like something about that goal, the way he put it through put it through the defender's legs and. 
and uh, pull it past Rower into the top corner. Like, there was just something about that goal which kind of spoke to me on some sort of strange level. And uh, Dennis Bergkamp played for Arsenal and uh, that kind of got me into supporting Arsenal and got me into football generally. Um, my main route into football, I'm uh, similar to Mark Southern's story in uh, in wasting your wild card. Um, I'm not very good at football myself, unfortunately. I'm not, I just don't have much positional awareness, sadly, on the field. Uh, but what I always enjoyed was like all of the facts and trivia and all the kind of gamey part around football. The game I forgot to mention earlier is football manager. Um, I played that every year, oh, yes. um, sunk oh, in oh, hours yeah. and hours and hours, like. <laughs> Thousands of hours. Yeah. If I if I get my um, Steam account up here, like um, go away Steam channel. No one's interested in that. Uh, two, <laughs> 2011, for example, I just clicked on randomly. One thousand six hundred fifty-three hours. Um, Football Manager 2015, 26, 2690 hours. Football Manager 2018, three hundred thirty-five hours. Only three hundred thirty-five hours this year, so I'm definitely, you know, you're, doing you're other things at the moment. Cured. You're half cured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I played that so. So, I mean, all of those things kind of came together. I mean, I, I think I was at uni with my housemate and um, we, we like we, we liked the foot. We, we liked watching the, watching the games together on Saturday and Sunday. I had my, um, I think it was Sky Go back then. I had my dad's Sky Go. So I was able to watch it through my Xbox on that, my Xbox 360, um, which was the only way we ever watched anything. So we didn't have a TV license because obviously we were obeying the law at university and not and not stealing TV. Um, but um, like, so we all started watching the games and like we kind of thought, all right, the first thing we might do is put some put some you know, put some money on it. But I, I don't I don't really like betting. I've, I kind of have a bit of an ethical objection to, to the gambling industry generally. Um, so. Another way we thought of making it interesting was uh, fantasy football. Um, so if you look at my um, my team ID is five one six, and you can see that for the first kind of three or four years I played FPL, I was just playing you know in my living room in Bristol with my mate for fun, and I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I was taking out players every week, bringing players in every week, you no know, finishing seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand in the world because I, I didn't really take it seriously. Um, but kind of. But I got to my first job in London and my friends, still all my friends now, um, like they, they ran like a league in that in that first kind of company I worked at. And I won it the first year that I, that I took part in. Like I genuinely kind of knuckled down. That's one the year I discovered Fans Football Scout um, and uh, I, I became a, a fairly well-known contributor on there, individual. And um, I kind of, uh, you know, really got into it and uh, really got involved from that sort of point. And. So that would be, uh, what, 2013, 14 was the time I really started playing properly. Um, and since then, you know, it's just uh, it been a slow decline down the rabbit hole um, until we got to last year when I, we started WGTA and it kind of overtook my life a little bit. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about WGTA later, but talking about you personally, what was your, your highest ever finish from when you actually started playing? Oh, I, I think that of an excuse. I only started playing in 2014. Is that because you started getting good, or? or? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's it's all on my it's all on my um all on my team ID. Um, best ever finish was uh, 2,353 back in 1516. Um, 1617. I was uh, sorry, 1415 with my second, 12,000. 1617, 21,000. Uh, but last season, um, just just didn't go very well. As as anyone who listened to WGTA would know. Um, but yeah, like two 2K is my highest finish, and I'm. Uh, you know, hoping to show the, the world that I'm uh, not just a Dostoevsky novel and uh, I, I'm actually capable of playing FPL properly. It's not bad. That's similar to my highest score. Don, I don't know if you know what 2000 looks like yet. Maybe maybe this season. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I've seen that you've got a bit of a nosebleed there, Don, at the moment. No, I'm... I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm oh, fine. Don't, um, don't get him started. Mars is a little bit sensitive at the moment, Tom, so we'll, we'll move swiftly on, okay, to... Uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom literally, year. every time... I, I say hi to him on WhatsApp. Hi, what's your rank? Literally, that's the, the first question after every conversation we have at the beginning, like, hey, Don, what's up? Hey, what's your rank? <laughs> Bless him, he's excited. Oh, that's good. That's good, though. It's not. It's always not. Like, it definitely makes material difference to your life when FPL is going well, doesn't it? Like, you definitely like. I, I know it's 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 really sad, but if you are into FPL, like you do genuinely like. Last year, for example, for a long period of time, I know if you are a few characters like um, FPL Connects and FPL Guidance can empathise with this because we also all three of us had fairly kind of subpar seasons together. But it definitely does like impact you and makes you feel kind of a little bit sad. <laughs> and like, it, whereas if you're doing really well, as Don's probably finding, you've got a little bit of a spring in your step, you've got a little bit of kind of self confidence about yourself. And you don't, like, it's almost like you don't need to apologise anymore. Whereas last year, I'm guessing you were doing a bit more kind of like, uh, yeah, my what, rank is. What, a... <laughs> what it was like, what it was like last year, Tom, was basically, um, I, I, I from from early enough in the season, I realised this is not going to be a good season because everything I was doing wasn't working. So, um, my my attitude was just going, listen, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy the pod, and I'm not going to worry about my rank. I'm just going to nearly ignore it. And I probably did veer more into when I was on the podcast. I know you, the same as ourselves, when you're on a podcast, you kind of probably feel that you kind of should be able to say, well, I'm in the top whatever because I'm talking FBL to you all and why would you be listening to me if I wasn't? But I probably did veer into more going, listen, do as I say, don't do as I do because half the time I don't mm. take my own advice. Um, but um, no, I, I basically try to make where FBL doesn't make me get into a bad mood, but it definitely does help the mood when you're when you're doing well in it. It, uh, it does add a bit of a pep to your step, as you say. But uh, the uh, no, it's tell me, is that your best FBL memory, your highest ever finish, or is there something else that kind of that you remember, maybe a triple captain success or something along the lines? No, um, so I've got two memories of that particular season which really stick out. Um, the first one was captaining Harry Kane away at Bournemouth um, in, I think it was November of that year. Um, no, October of that year. This was um, when he was just, I think he, he announced himself. He, that was the season after the season when he was uh, Soldado's kind of rising understudy. Uh, Hattrick away at Bournemouth, I think uh, he was only owned by kind of 8 7% of people. It's like Lukaku this year. And um yeah, uh, that kind of propelled me from the doldrums into something very, very good. Uh, but the best FPL memory I think I've got is uh, that same year, um, 2015-16. I remember Aston Villa uh, were the team that we were kind of, you know, the whipping boys that everybody was uh, everybody was targeting. Um, I remember that I sold Cuneguero for Troy Deeney for a minus eight. Um, and uh, Deeney had Villa and Cunegan off the boil. And I remember I was travelling to my girlfriend's house. She used to then live in Kent. And I was on the on the uh, on the DLR on Docklands Light Railway in East London and heading kind of out towards where, where I got the train to Kent. And it was I think it was the 90th minute and uh, Watford hadn't scored yet. And I was like really pissed off. Obviously, that was minus eight. You know, I'd, I'd kind of screwed it all up, removed Aguero, who did blank. But I was like, oh, what wasted what waste? And um, I was chasing in my mini league, my cousin, who was kind of, you know, you know, the sort of bad winner. He was kind of already talking about how he's going to uh, spend his winnings, how, you know, he'd beaten me for the first time ever and all this kind of thing. And was Mars, that was like Mars last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah maybe. First like, time in his joy. 
Yeah, and then I, I got I got out of the I got out of the tunnel and I saw Watford had scored and I was frantically refreshing live squad. It was Dini and I actually shouted yes, and about five people looked round on the tube on on the platform, which was a bit silly. And then I got I kind of had to kind of go upstairs and things like that, and I saw they scored again, and I looked and it was Dini again. So he's got a brace in the 90th minute and the 93rd minute, um, and that was probably you know the, the Brucey bonus um, memory that you know, it's one of those things that really kind of sticks with you isn't it when you, when you do make a bold move like that and it comes off that I know that your next question is going to be about what you like most about the game what you dislike most and kind of this feeds into it exactly well because they're both the same both sides of the same coin aren't they it's like when differential does and doesn't work out is the thing that I like the most and what I dislike the most <laughs> because like if it goes well there's no better feeling than saying right I've you know I've brought in uh uh, Jesse Lingard and he's only owned by 7% of people but he's netted me a goal and assist whereas Pedro's blanked versus you know oh I got in this guy and everybody else had Arne he scored 10 points and I've only got 3 <laughs> so uh, but yeah I think that's probably the, the the memory that sticks with me and, and that's kind of the, the main kind of uh, high and low of FPL all rolled into one you're um you're the boss at FBL for one day, okay? So we we know that you've you've got a couple of ins there at the official FBL now. You're making a couple of connections there. So tell us you're the boss there for one day, and you can change one rule or feature in the game. What are you going to go for? Um, I think that my the key thing that I do is advocate transparency with two um of the most kind of black box things in the game which we complain about or occupy our minds a lot as FPL managers. Those are the BPS and price rises. Um, BPS, I actually think the system is okay. Like, I think that there's a few adjustments to be made. We wrote about this a lot last season. Um, but like, the one thing that FPL should do, it's an easy win. It's an open goal. Just, just publish where, how the BPS are calculated. Like, have like a table of player at player or players across the top, actions below, down, like, down the side. And then how every player is getting those points allocated. Like, just, just have a live table like that for each game. And that'll get rid of all questions because, you know, done instead of having to wheel out um quote unquote the scout every week to explain oh well, i'm really sorry but this happened because of this um like if it's if they if they do that you can they can just be like well well there you go that's where all the bps comes from so be more transparent with that still though as as we know um when you're creating content tom is maybe it's handy for them to have that article that they can put up every week where they're going um explained why such why Salah lost the bonus points you know that they can have some ready-made content there but I know what you're saying but I, I one thing I would say about that is I think that even if they had a table people would probably be arguing about how that table was working and they say no that's that's baloney and what this is what, yeah. what idiot yeah yeah exactly but P- people will argue about anything M- my issue with transparency. it is some, yeah my issue is is um, sometimes they don't take that it, it, it looks like they don't they rely on stats, and you know what I feel about stats. It's fine, but you need to go with the facts. And sometimes, like a a, a game changer or a person who's really influenced the game gets nothing, and somebody who's done nothing or might be on for 15 minutes, aka Welbeck, and scores a goal, gets three bonus points. I can't get that. I will never get that because it just doesn't make sense. But um, it's not an easy job. It's all in the rules how it is decided. It's all there for everyone to read. Um, and it's just the case of like, you know, it would just end a lot of like the incessant questions you get every week. And it would end a lot of like the, oh, but why has this happened? Um, like, even if you don't agree why it's happened, if you can see why it's happened, then at least we can kind of progress the, progress the narrative a little bit. 
just because it's a bit kind of like, oh, for crying out loud, like, again, again, people are like, oh, Mo Salah hasn't got bonus, oh, no. Like, the reality is, because Mo Salah is so well-owned, like, most people are trying to sell their own book, aren't they? Because of because it's Mo Salah, like, no one's going to give a crap if, I don't know, Pascal Gross loses some bonus points because only 3% of the people own him. Um, it's just because a lot of the time it's a high-profile player and people feel I was robbed that make this bonus points thing into a, into, into a thing. Um, I mean, assists are a completely different matter, but like bonus points in particular could be sold very, very quickly um, just through, or at least we could move on from the narrative of how do they get bonus uh, if they did just publish uh, that kind of information to see how the bonus points are made up. And uh, price rise is the other thing. Like, I just don't see why that is so black box and why that is so transparent sorry uh so opaque like why like I, I don't understand why it has to be that way um like we like we can see that a lot of the time price rises are just annoying like it's really annoying kind of on saturday night and on sunday night having to be kind of thinking oh god you know i've got a whole week until the next group group of games but i may have to make this move now because i'm going to be priced out of the move next week or priced out just generally of the getting a player that i want in especially very early in the season when you've just got a lot of um, lemmings transfers being made and lots of kind of like uh, just activity generally in the market and people reacting to kind of the, the availability of one game week. Um, I, I, I do think that like if they were to be, I mean, obviously we've got a few outlets now for people uh, calculating the price rises, which tends to be quite good, but why OFPL don't publish that themselves is just beyond me really i mean it's just it's such a fundamental part of the game and we still you know get people asking i don't really think it is well known for example that you need if you make 0.2 million profit on a player um that gives you 0.1 extra in uh, sell value like i don't think a lot of people know that though we had a lot of questions this week people saying oh i'm on my wild card and I've realized, and I've got 101 plus team value. But if I remove my players, I've only got 103 million, 100.3 million. Why is that? Um, so I mean, that whole part of the game, I think it's just because it's very, it's a little bit difficult to explain, a little bit mealy mouthed to explain. And FPL prefer things to be very kind of simple, very kind of, uh, uh, very kind of casual uh, focused. And uh, with price rises, that's why they can be a little bit kind of like happy to leave it to others a little bit and uh, uh it just it's just beyond me really why they don't make that more clear and why they don't kind of make that kind of it's it's, it's a bit of a shadow economy that's run by people who aren't them them and explained by people who aren't them which i think find very very odd from a game runner but i guess they are like a corporation rather than a game runner and run it like a sponsor rights company rather than you know a blizzard or something <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant you can tell you're passionate about it so let's get you to become the boss for one day and see what happens. <laughs> so uh, you describe yourself as Tom, but what are you as the um, an FBL manager in three words? Uh, data-driven uncertainty, Mars. Um, I think that sometimes I like uh, I, I do I do genuinely pour over the data for for the pods. Um, like you know, the first two or three game weeks of the season, like we do a little bit more chatting than we do. Uh, looking at stats or we look at last seasons but you know during the summer and when we start to get like a body of data we've only really started looking at it now we've got four game weeks and two home two away games we've got a modicum of uh, indicative understanding of what's going on um, but I really do look at all the data and try to make the best decision based on all that the problem is is that a lot of the time it's cognitively uh, overwhelming to have all that kind of information especially when you see how it's framed on Twitter you know people 
you know, writing, uh, writing Poe's people saying, oh, this guy's really good. Oh, differential. What about this guy? And you look at it and you think, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, so sometimes, you know, I get a little bit paralyzed almost by the fact I've looked at so much information. Uh, but when it comes to making a decision, I invariably and always regret it even though it's a good decision in a lot of ways and I can always think right uh, there's a logical reason for it there's all it always means it means that you're not always kind of like set on your plan you there's always another option sort of thing um so yeah it's, it's almost like I, I kind of make a purgatory for myself really with with liking looking at all the data and reading through all the data and understanding it and trying to see what's going on and uh yeah uh, I, so i guess that kind of is me um and what i'm like and obviously i like talking a lot and asking people their advice or getting involved in chats in the community or in group chats and things like that so i think it's kind of like um as you said tom it's kind of like a data overload it's uh there's there's so much data and so much information and so much chatter out there that sometimes it can kind of yeah as you said paralyze you one of the things i find is that if i if i just actually make just a decision and then just try not to pontificate too much of it over the game week so if i come up with a decision over the weekend and i really like the decision just do it or else just say listen i'm not even going to think about it anymore i'm not going to read twitter too much and I'm just going to kind of stick with it because I think you can definitely flaffle around and change change your mind and people can talk you into things based on XG and every other kind of data set there. But um, I'm I'm definitely a follower in my man Marzi's um, idea with the with the eye test. I used to be far more into the data, but uh, sometimes now I'm actually enjoying fantasy a bit more with the with the eye test. So thanks Marzi for that. I thanks I have to thank Marzi for for my for my top quality rank this season, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm a uh, proud coach. I'm a proud coach at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, he's standing on the sideline cheering me on in my in my football on a Saturday morning. <laughs> um, Tom, what's your target each season in FPL, and do you have a mini league that's a uh, cash or otherwise that you look to first? Yeah. Um. So I mentioned earlier on that I got into FPL properly through the mini league that I'm involved with, which is just kind of my friends, and it's kind of grown a little bit now. Um. It's about kind of twenty of us, and the stag is in it this year, funnily enough. Um. But yeah, I mean that was the, that's kind of the one that I used to look at a lot, and then now I've got um now we've got WGTA. Like my overall rank has become something something more of a focus. Um. I mean, I think we always aim for the top 1% if we're being honest with ourselves um, and top 10K beyond that. Um, but getting there is becoming exceedingly difficult. Um, but, you know, that's still still my aim every year. Um, you know, top top 10K, I'd never really heard of the top 1% before I came on Twitter, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, uh, probably doing top 10K and uh, winning my cash ML because the two things would tend to come hand in hand. Yeah, that, that's true. The, sometimes, some, yes, if, I think if you finish very well in the OR, you you win your mini leagues. It's just sometimes people don't realise that a differential in 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 Twitter is might not or in the game might not be a differential in mini league. And sometimes when when it comes to the crunch time of mini leagues, you have to actually look around and see who are the most on players and who are the differentials. You know, uh, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, right? If you yeah, play yeah, mini I league, do. that's it's completely different. Completely yeah. different. Yeah, it can be, and but it, it can also help you too. So stuff like I don't know, um, two seasons ago when you could fit, fit uh, you know, Ericsson, Ericsson, Ali, and uh, Danny Rose and Harry Kane, three of those four into your team. You know, it it was about um, having Ali and Ericsson and Kane rather than having Rose, Ali, and Kane. It was there was little things like that which kind of 
help you in both ways. Um, but yeah, you're completely right that sometimes, for example, if you are kind of chasing someone down and they're in, your, and they're in front of you and their team is full of template players, then you may end up taking a risk FPL-wise if your rank is quite good rather than doing what you do if you're looking at your OR and just thought, well, I just want to kind of stabilise here or you know, keep kind of climbing incrementally. Um, so, yeah, I guess you're right that sometimes there is a crunch time in many leagues where you do have to be a bit, little bit bold and uh, try to go for the he who dares wins kind of approach. But it's very 50-50 whether that, uh, whether that kind of situation uh, pays off for you a lot of the time. is it, A lot of the time, yeah, it completely depends on your, um, on yeah. your focus. So... Um... What is the thing that you must do before each deadline? So, you know, obviously there's a lot of information out there. You create a lot of content. Do you listen to yourself? And also, obviously, we know you listen to the amigos, but you can, you can say that again if you want. Um, what do I, do you mean, do, do you mean literally on the morning or do you mean in the week leading up to? No, I mean leading up to, obviously, before the deadline. So the, you know, from deadline to the deadline, how do you prepare oh. yourself? What do you look at? Are you a reader? Are you a listener? Both? We know you're into stats. Well, I'm, I'm a pretty unique, well, not maybe not a unique case for other podcasters on here or content creators, but I, mean, I go off and do my own research. That's the first thing I do because I know as soon as the, as soon as the weekend ends, then we've only got kind of, you know, at best uh, 24 hours at worst. We're going straight on to pod. Um, uh, so you know, during the weekend, I'll be digesting the information, looking at um, looking at FFS for stats, looking at understat, and trying to kind of build a hypothesis in my head of what's going on and what's been happening, and then kind of I'll then look at Twitter a little bit just to kind of check what's going on, check what other people are saying, and see if someone else has picked something up that I haven't. Um, so in a in a in a way, you know, either it would be a one particular issue that we focus on, or two particular issues. Like we try not to do, because um, obviously there's great pods out there like yourselves who talk about the 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 game week and what's happened, like what's happened to some extent, and it's it's more kind of uh, the nitty gritty of what's happened. Whereas I think our kind of differentiation a little bit is talking about kind of features and particular themes that have emerged. Um, so, you know, something like the 6.5 midfielders and what's going on there or something like that. Or, you know, what does value mean? Um, so we would be doing a little bit of research around that. Um, do I listen to myself? I have listened to myself do the editing, um, but I only really listen to it. I do like one final listen through if I can at the end, just to make sure I've you know put everything in the right place and I've removed any kind of glaring, glaring errors. Um but other than that, um, I listen to you guys. Listen to uh, Always Cheating. Um, quite good, quite good friends, Josh and Brandon. They were the ones who inspired us um, to do this, actually. Um, and I uh, also watch uh, the Scoutcast every now and again. Um, used to watch it a bit more, um, but um, haven't really had time uh, this year. Um, and uh, I read uh, the final thing I tend to read every week is the F- is FPL Connects um, press conferences uh, piece. Um, Actually, no, that's not true. So the, uh, on Friday, there's three things that I read. The first is FPL Connect's uh, press press conference piece. The second thing is the scout picks. And the third thing is Captain Sensible. Um, on, also on the scout, I think they've mixed up a little bit now. So I think Captain Sensible comes up first. Um, but those are like the three final things I do. Like in an ideal world, I'd leave my transfer until Friday afternoon or transfers until Friday afternoon. And those are kind of the three kind of final proof points to me. Uh, the uh, for FPL Connect's uh, press conferences, what's happened during the day, what information we have, like that's the final point. I think that we have all of the information we could possibly have for the whole week, 
um, short of, you know, a, a, an Android Express uh, lineup leak, something like that. Um, so I take that on board and look at Captain Sensible, what they say about the stats, um, whether I agree with it as well or not, and then um, look at the scout picks and then I'll make my decision. And that's the final thing I do. And this year I've instituted a new thing where I don't <coughs> don't mess with my team um, off on, on the day. So on Saturday mornings now, I just don't log into FPL. Um, unless there's you know the, a real real emergency, you know something like um, I don't know the uh, the a club's official account saying um, if there's a game at 11:30, saying at 11 o'clock, oh this player won't play today because of an injury and is out for a few weeks, then I make a move. But uh, un- unless there's something like that, I'm trying not to touch it on the, on a Saturday morning. So it's just kind of yeah, but those three things, um, those three kind of uh, pods, you guys, uh, sorry, those two pods, you guys and Hell Cheaters and. Uh, uh, and yeah, and, and my own research. And that, that's basically a week for me for FPL. I think it, it's a full week, and um, that's you pretty much answered the question to do with choosing your captain. You you kind of you kind of try to have all the information and um, try not to make any any early decisions, trying to collect it, collate it all. So um, move on to Tom to the next section, which is: Do you have any no-go teams or players? So um, we know you're an Arsenal man. Um, but do you hold any grudges um, like uh, towards the Giroud, Wilson or Andy Carroll's of this world or of course um, Aaron Marzi's um, Troy Deeney? Do you have any kind of grudges against anyone that you just will not pick them no matter what? No, not really. I mean, I do hold grudges and I think that's kind of fun to do almost because it like humanizes FPL a little bit. Like obviously the, the fact I picked a player and him not performing has has no impact. There's there, There's no link there whatsoever. Like, he, like, you know, the fact that Eden Hazard didn't score for a few games last season after I brought him in uh, had no material, uh, had had no cause in uh, in me picking him. Um, but, you know, I do often kind of have players that will be on cooldown um, for for about a year or so. Uh, so, for example, uh, Hazard, who I just mentioned, and uh, Alexis Sanchez um, was trying to be too clever and captained him and he missed the open goal. Well, he didn't score the open goal, I should say, against Newcastle and missed that penalty. Uh, against Huddersfield last year. Um, yeah, those two are on my list at the moment, two players I'm not going to be looking at. Uh, but the list doesn't last forever. So Ryan Fraser, at the start of last season, I backed him pretty heavily. Um, didn't do anything. This season started off very well, and he's back in my team. So you know, sometimes I think... Like, I can understand, like, you know, I know the FPL general, for example, absolutely despises hazards as well. Um, I can see why people would think that and why people would have, like, a grudges about certain players who have their own kind of like um you know team affiliation reasons why they wouldn't pick certain players but most of the time you just try to dis- try to like dis uh, disassociate the player from the FPL asset like the FPL asset is basically turns them into a a unit of play or a unit of like a a unit of uh, productivity and on an FPL uh, on, on the FPL game and it's just about what they can do I don't really care that it is Eden Hazard at the end of the day I care that it's an X million player who's going to score me Y points um, so yeah although it's fun to say I'm not going to have Hazard I'm not going to have Sanchez for now um, if, yeah. if the wind did blow then I do it Dini is never coming back into my team no matter how well he's doing so I'm going to skip the quick we know you support Arsenal we know there's no way you're not going to pick Spurs players that's just ridiculous right I know there's yep. The guy that won it once when he's an Everton fan and he didn't pick any Liverpool players. I think he finished like three million the next year because Liverpool were doing so well. So that kind of answers that question, really. The one question that I've actually been looking forward to, and I'm glad that I get it, it's I want to understand how W, how who got the assist 
came about and how do you know you've had a lot of community support obviously for the pod very fast growing also when uh, when somebody attacked you i remember personally a lot of the community came behind you in support so you're obviously a, a big part of the community so how do you feel about the community and how did um wgta came about come about um <coughs> start with um wgta nick and i have been we were like emailing and texting and whatsapping about fantasy football loads and loads and loads and then he joined my mini league, mini league about three or four years ago and that kind of got him really into it as well and you know, we we thought well you know we were watching the scout cast and listeners are always cheating and to be honest we weren't aware of uh, sorry don and we weren't aware of any other pods apart from that because we weren't part of twitter and so we kind of thought oh there might be a gap in the market here for just for two guys um two guys who are able to you know bring a particularly kind of staticity or uh, back then I also wanted to do a bit of psychology but we dropped that um and bring a bit uh, just bring something different to the scene so we, we decided to kind of give it a go join twitter and it, it just kind of grew from there really you know we obviously had a few teething problems with sound had a few teething problems in terms of trying to get the pod out there had a few teething problems in terms of you know being exposed to a lot of different personalities and you know, meeting a few people I didn't necessarily like very much, um, and uh, that does happen in, in tw- on Twitter, I suppose. But uh, I guess we kind of j- just grew from there and kind of defined ourselves and thought about you know what we're gonna, what we are, who, what we're gonna stand for, and yeah, you know, it's been weird. Like we haven't really, we didn't really expect it to become anything bigger. I think our big, our kind of number one uh, aim was to be you know one of the top three or four podcasts somewhere. Uh, in someone's mind so I'm, I'm very glad that it, it we seem to have achieved that particular goal um but you know i i do, I, I just wanted a nice uh, wanted to get involved with fpl in whatever way i could and kind of set my mind to it and uh, i guess that is where we are now um so i mentioned that i was part of fans football scout for a long time i don't really go on there anymore just because of time basically um but part of my kind of thing on there was I I I really like just talking about the game. Like I liked um, writing like responses to people's RMTs. I liked writing responses to people's questions and talking about it. And Twitter is a better version of that because you're able to react a little bit better. You're able to react in a, in a more kind of human way. Um, people do tend to be a lot more kind of answerable and a lot more kind of friendly. Um, whereas on FFS, you just get like some sort of droll response to, to something if you ask the question or you just get, you know, people being children hiding behind kind of anonymity. And you kind of get that on Twitter, but equally, you, you know, people are kind of um, uh, do tend to be a lot nicer. I really like the FPL community. Like it's, it, it does tend to be at its best, um, a place where um, we're able to share information, share ideas and be collaborative and supportive of one another, which is uh, very important. And I think that's something that um, this year perhaps has taken a little bit of a hit. Um, there's a little bit of uh, friction um, discernible sometimes uh, this year, I found, compared to last year. Um, I think, that, I don't know, there's a whole array of reasons behind that which I'm not going to go into now and I'm staying well out of it. Um, but, you know, FPL Twitter at its best is a great way to meet people, a great way to connect people with people. And that's uh, a great way to share a, share an interest, really. Like, I, I don't really, you know, I don't really see our see our Twitter as being, you know, a, a, a brand or anything. Like, I just see it as mine and Nick's Twitter. And we're just kind of there talking about FPL and that's what we're there to talk about. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, but- um, 
Very, very well said, mate. Yeah, no, I completely agree, hundred percent. Um, the the you know, hundred percent. And uh, I, one thing actually, uh, your your name of your podcast is um, I've always been a big fan of it. Even before I actually started listening to you guys, I went, that's very <laughs> clever. It was uh, because that's always that's is literally always the um, the response. Whenever you hear there's a goal gone in, you can see very literally the first is, question <laughs> who is who's celebrating in the corner and who they're panning to. But you're going yeah 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 I get it. But who got the assist? So um, yeah, that's all, it. And you all, notice it, don't you? Like, like you notice it on the right. Like that that was like uh, that was the undisputed name uh, from the very very beginning. Unfortunately, we found that some someone who stopped tweeting in 2012 has at who got the assist, which is very annoying. Um, but that's the thing. Like you, you notice it, don't you? Like you notice that when you, like, if you're driving and you hear in here on uh, the Radio Five Live or Talksport over here, um, you know it's a great goal for blah blah blah. And you're just like, come on, just get to who got the assist. Come on, guys. And then eventually they'll be like, oh, it was a great ball in by Robertson. You're like, yeah, that's an assist. And then you look at, you know, you stop off and you look, you look at it and it's, it's, it's hit, you know, Milner's ass on the way through or something. <laughs> so it does happen. But sometimes you, you, you wish that that kind of got a little, little, bit more, little bit more love because it is such an FPL question, isn't it? Who got the assist? And I think that was just one of the it's one fundamental of the things, things like, that we were I like about it becoming more mainstream too is because, um, you know, as we we're saying with FPL, that there's a lot more newspapers, not more outlets talking about fantasy football, is that a lot of them are cognizant that a lot of their audience are actually fantasy football managers. So to, to actually cater to them a little bit and actually give the information that they know the people are listening. I mean, you're listening to a Saturday football show and you're, that is what you're waiting to hear goals and assists coming in your, as well as your own team. So um, people being aware of it, I think, is always a good thing and uh, catering to it a little bit. Um, but uh, tell me, Tom, I know you mentioned earlier on, so I have a good guess what the answer to this question is. But um, if you could pick one player, past or present, for your FBL team, who would that be? And I'm going to I'm gonna say a name and see if I get it right. Uh, Dennis Bergkamp? No, I mean, I mean, I, mean I, I can't claim consistent brilliance, sadly, after last season. Um, I, I think the you know, say you're you're right team wise and you're right kind of potentially skill set wise. It's Mesut Ozil, uh, amazing on his day. Had a great couple of seasons not very long ago, uh, but for the last couple of seasons has been lethargic and out of sorts. But we're hoping for a resurgence this year under a manager with new ideas. And obviously I'm the same manager, <laughs> but I'm trying to be like I think last year and then Mar- Mars obviously remembered that as we mentioned at the top. Like, I was a lot more kind of I think emotionally. Engaged and a little bit more emotionally exhausted by FPL last season. So this year I'm kind of more along the lines of you, Don, perhaps, and trying to be more sanguine about it and uh, trying to, you know, um, uh, maybe not, not play, I think playing boringly is probably the wrong phrase, but playing unsexily and making kind of obvious moves. I think last year I was, uh, adjusting to having a new maybe having the podcast and having a lot of people who knew what my team was and saying things on the podcast especially like painting myself into a corner and feeling I had to go through it despite not really by the end of the week thinking oh actually I'm not too sure about this but I was just like well I've said it now I've kind of got to go with it uh, this year I think I'm trying to be a little bit more kind of not not like uh, not dispassionate, but that's impossible but be a bit more kind of like a uh, case of last Salah about it to be honest Ah, that's fair. You know, <clears throat> it's fine to show emotions sometimes. It's absolutely fine. Um, but just don't smash your phones or anything like that. It's not worth it. Um, oh, no, right. No. So, away from FBL now, you can start asking some uh, very personal questions. Not really. But uh, so, tell us, what's your favourite meal and uh, your favourite drink? 
Uh, favorite meal uh, probably uh, kwaiteo, it's uh, Mal- Malaysian noodles, um, uh, flat uh, kind of uh, yeah, flat noodles. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that I've I've had I had a lot as a kid. Um, uh, um, like, and it was, I really really like it. Either that or a single or a laksa. Uh, I really like soup noodles as well. I had a fur tonight or two. Um, drink wise, um, alcohol- <laughs> alcoholic or non-alcoholic, Marzi? Your choice, man. Okay. Um, non-alcoholic. I really like coffee. Um, I kind of share that with Kylie. I think I'm a bit of a coffee fiend. Um, uh, I really and uh, yeah, I don't Kylie really... don't share her coffee. Huh? Kylie do not does not share her coffee. Don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really like coffee. I, I've always quite liked coffee, and I, and I do I do quite like beer these days. Even though it's probably the wrong time to be discovering beer as a uh, someone whose metabolism is slowing down as I near 30. It means my belly just gets bigger and bigger. But uh, yeah, I, I do quite like uh, do quite like beer, and I really like a GNT as well. Um, but um, yeah, uh, a very boring choice, I'm afraid, lads. But yeah, a coffee and beer just not together. I just laughed at the nearing 30 bit. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a few years younger than us, Tom. But uh, the uh, <laughs> just just the, a little bit. But I'd say gin and tonic is as much as I always think of it as being an Audrey Roberts drink. It's um, I'm actually become a bit partial to it in the last couple of years too. A nice gin and uh, love loads of ice. Lovely, lovely and refreshing mm-hmm. drink. Um, tell us the um, if your house is on fire, Tom, and you could only save one non-living thing. So um, what would you grab on your way out the door or the window? My phone. Simple as that. <laughs> it's not a difficult question. <laughs> I need to tell someone that my house is burning down, <laughs> right? I suppose. <laughs> well, I suppose. it's honest. It, yeah, it's honest. It's honest. Nothing sentimental from the girlfriend. Yeah, obviously she's not listening, so we'll move on. Um, <laughs> well, I'd, I'd assume she'd be coming out with me because she is living. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, no. But <laughs> I remember we were talking. I think it was Ken, and he started off by a joke, and then he went, "Oh no, you know, there's this picture for something from my grand." We're like, "Is somebody listening?" Like as somebody just coming to the room or something. <laughs> um, cool. He realised so, somebody would be listening. Yeah. We're, well, Tom, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid you've chosen your phone over your girlfriend, so uh, we're we're not letting you away with that one. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. um, do you? So you obviously, you know, you you talked about the games and the work and sounds, uh, you know, very skillful. But do you have any other special skills that we don't know about? Um. Not really. I mean, it, uh, I, I I like good pun, don't I, Mars? Um, like a good sing song. Um, yeah, I'm fairly good at game. I'm fairly good at computer games. Natu- uh, like naturally, I wish I was better. I wish I was good at football naturally, but I tend to be good at computer games naturally. So I'm good at sitting down on my ass and twiddling my fingers, which sounds really awkward actually. <laughs> but um, that, that seems to be the way it is. Um, but uh, funnily, funnily enough, like. If you go outside of FPL world, like what we're doing right now is done by such a small percentage of people um, and like writing about like something to a decent level, like talking about it week to week and broadcasting your thoughts to whoever the hell is out there to listen to it. Like I'd say that that's almost like a skill that I've developed and in the last kind of few years. And that's kind of a skill that I'm most proud of, really, of, of developing and kind of making a quasi success of it, because I, mean, I had no um no real kind of knowledge. I messed around with Audacity, which is how I edit the pods, for example, when I was kind of 12, 13, messing with MP3 files. But I never and never ever thought that I'd be kind of making stuff for people to enjoy. And I think hopefully making stuff for people to enjoy, which is uh, 
balance considered and uh, committed is is kind of the the biggest skill that that I have and kind of you know whenever I say that uh, maybe the FPL bit um, people are a bit like oh what's that why are you wasting time in fantasy sports um, but at least the bit around kind of making a podcast and hopefully being able to express myself decently um, is probably the two the the, the skill that I, I quite I quite like that I developed recently. Yeah, that's definite skill, good stuff. Um, and tell us, what's your favourite type of music, Tom? Any genre or any bands that you're into? Yeah, glamorous indie rock and roll for me. Um, I've always been a bit of an indie indie boy. Um, my favourite my my favourite kind of uh, music is my favourite kind of genre is, is American indie actually. Uh, the National is my favourite band. I've been to see them a, a lot of times. Um, uh, they're probably my favourite, and that kind of came out of me really liking Interpol. Uh, Joy Division as well. I've got kind of a thing for mono, like uh, for, for for singers who sing in monotone. It seems. Um, other than that, um, lo- lots of kind of new new uh, mixture of new stuff and old really. Um, but I do tend to kind of eventually kind of go back to the National or something like you know Block Party or you know, areas like that. I mean, I'm I'm a child of uh, the 2010s and uh, two and 2000s really with regard to that sort of music. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of it. Jesus, I feel old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Right. To finish off, tell us one guilty pleasure and one bad habit that you have. Uh, two things rolled into one. It's nicotine. Um, I don't smoke anymore, um, but I still occasionally use my e-cig. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things I wish I never did, um, but I enjoy. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that kind of uh, rolls it all into one go. Good stuff, Tom. Uh, thanks a million for coming on the Three Amigos FBL show. Um, it was a pleasure getting to know you. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's been interesting to talk about myself for a little while. Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.